Welcome aboard, Captain. Welcome back to the Star Trek Minute, the semi-daily podcast where we talk about and celebrate Star Trek III, The Search for Spock, one minute at a time. I'm one of your co-hosts, David Stoker. And I'm your other co-host, Chris LaSalle. Chris, welcome back. Hey, Dave. How's it going? All's well. Here we are again. We are. It is just us. Oh. So we've had, you know, this has been a great season so far. I mean, you know, we've been talking about some a new movie. We had some great guests on. We had Dave last week. We had Norm and Cassandra on. So I, I feel like we're, uh, I feel like this has this been, I'm, I'm really, I'm really digging this season. Yeah, me too. And I, I've, I've, uh, Star Trek Three for me is not my favorite, but right. so far everything we've done, everything we've talked about, I'm like, yeah. that's a pretty good movie. <laughs> so yeah, uh, I'm enjoying the, I'm enjoying what we're uncovering. It's helping. Yeah, definitely. I think I'm, I'm appreciating it more than yeah. I originally had given, you know. And I know, I know there's people out there who this is their favorites, and you know, blasphemy to, to us for knocking it down. But I, I will say to them. I'm, I'm appreciating it more as we go through it. So just be patient with us. There we go. Imagine what this is going to do, you know, when we do Star Trek Five. I know, really. Oh, that's, well, I think that's pretty much universally everyone's worst or least favorite. I, I just least... wonder if... Oh, yeah, I, so far, right? That's pretty pretty, pretty yeah. consistent. I just wonder if it's, you know, when we give it the minute treatment, if it's going to rise up in the ranks uh, for any of us. Oh, I don't know. Well, eh, we'll see. We'll hang on to that. <laughs> yeah. So today we're talking about uh, Minute 16, and Minute 16 starts with uh, that eerie voice again saying, On Genesis, why did you do that? That's a horrible Spock voice. I'm gonna just going to say that right there. Well, remember, um, no, hold on. It's it's McCoy doing Spock, so you're okay. Oh, yeah, okay. And the minute ends with Ahura saying, Starfleet Commander Morrow is on his way for inspection. Which, uh, another new character. Yeah, excellent, yep. Um, yeah, we're just, uh, we're, that's probably, what, the second second new character? I mean, we're jumping ahead a little bit, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, I'm always, I mean, always... it's a, yeah, we're jumping a minute ahead. I mean, we don't see him this minute, but, uh, I mean, this minute is primarily just the suspense of who is in, who's in Spock's quarters. Yes. I, I think it, I think it's the, um... You know the 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 Kirk waiting for to figure out what 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 in the world is going on in here. It's also for me. I, I had a note that was the uh, you know the goosebumps minute um, because mm-hmm. especially the beginning of this right where you, you hear the the voice of what sounds like Spock uh, right and especially when he's you know, he says help me and I, yeah. I, I'm help saying back. it right now and I'm talking to you and I get a little bit of goosebumps and. Uh, yeah, and I do, I do remember being, I, I do distinctly remember being freaked out as a kid by this minute, especially, uh, well, it's just a few seconds in, especially when the the camera pans across the room from Kirk, and then you see somebody uh, sitting in the, sh- yeah. the shadows. You can't see his face, but you see his uniform and hands. And I know that is it's that a, is a freaky, freaky shot. Because you're like, because you're like, who is that? Yeah, who is it? And I, and I would say, other than, I mean, you can see the person's hair, 
but everything yeah. else, the posture, the way his hands are resting on his knees, it, it mm. looks like Spock. And it's, it would yeah. have been awesome if they could have done something a little different with the lighting to even make his hair look Vulcan-like. Right, yeah, that would have been. Um, we do get another uh, Im- uh, viewing of the uh, penny, penny mat, penny poster. <laughs> the penny poster. Or the penny flag, the penny tapestry, whatever we're calling it. <laughs> I like penny poster. I think we were calling it a penny tapestry before, but I like penny poster. <laughs> yes, that's the infinite diversity and infinite combinations, IDIC. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Now, we've talked about already, this is minute 16, and I think we've probably done yep. two or three episodes where we've talked about the lighting. Yeah. And this is another, I think, example of it. This is not the way Spock's room looked in Wrath of Khan. I mean, it's it's the same set. Yeah. Obviously, we've got the penny tapestry, and uh, it's the same room. Right. But the lighting is very different. And I did, I did, I cannot find my source, but I definitely read, read it. I think it might have been in I Am Spock that yep. one of the things Leonard Nimoy did not like about Spock's quarters in the Wrath of Khan is he said it didn't feel like, a, you know, a room that Spock would live in, and and so he yeah. made. He's made changes um, to make it make it feel more Vulcan-like. I guess that's that's probably not. There. But mm. and that this is a this must be an example of it, which is you know, it's cool. It looks great, but it's also interesting that well, he doesn't live there anymore. So why are there all these funky lights? <laughs> but maybe that's just the yeah, he's got the got that blue purple light going on, and the tapestry is still lit up. And yeah, I don't know if does McCoy. <laughs> we we ask these weird questions like. Did McCoy turn all those lights on? Like, were they on? Right before, like when they closed up Spock's room. Or did they come on when Kirk walked? I mean, when Kirk walked in in the last minute, I think he did. Some lights came on, but near the door. So did that turn on some mood lighting? So I'm gonna I'm gonna ask an incredibly weird question. <laughs> and um, so Spock, we we know Spock dies, and um, this is his quarters. Wouldn't they have? I mean, I'm assuming the voyage back to Earth took some time. Wouldn't they have packaged up all this stuff? I don't think it's a weird question. I think it's a good question. I mean, like, taking down the pennies and everything? Well, yeah, taking down the tapestry and just sort of, this is ready for the next commander, the next captain. Whoever will inherit the Enterprise will get this room. So wouldn't it be... I mean, at some point, they have to take all the stuff down, right? Yeah, right. Well, that's a good point, too. I was like, the captain, what are you talking about? But yeah, right, he was the captain of the Enterprise. Right, he was He was captain of the Enterprise. I so. would think that's probably part of the refit process. or um, It stung, stung too much to go in there and take all the stuff down, maybe? Too fresh? Oh, definitely too fresh. Like, yeah, they, they need to send almost... I, I could see them saying, you know what? We need to send a third party in there to... To clean know, all that to, stuff to up. To box his stuff up and, and ship it back to Vulcan. Hmm. Or I could, or, you know what, here's here's a better better uh, scene. I could see them having, or I could see Savick volunteering to do that. And that would have been a great, that would have been a great moment, don't you think? Having some, True. you know, melancholy, you know, Except she's, you know, packing up her, her mentors, all his stuff, and, you know, giving her that kind of, Emotional moment. Very true, but she's back on Genesis. No, I know. I'm just saying. Before, 
of course, we like I said, we've talked about that before. We've missed a lot, right? In the novelization, oh, a whole yeah. bunch of stuff happened. Yeah. In the story right. outline, a whole yeah. bunch of stuff has happened, you know, before this point. Um, but I think that would have been a good, op- good opportunity to show some of, show some Vulcan grief, uh, slash not Vulcan grief. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> As it were. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Um, so we, we, you know, McCoy says, you know, in his Spock's voice, uh, you know, on Genesis, why, why did you do that? Help me. And, you know, Bones, is, uh, I mean, uh, Kirk is like, Bones, what the hell are you doing in here? You know, you lost your mind. And, uh, you know, as soon as he picks him up and he grabs him, I mean, you can see how freaked out, like, Bones is. Like, he is, he's off the reservation. Like, he is, he's gone. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> my note was uh, McCoy Bug Eyes. <laughs> and I think he holds that facial expression through the whole minute, right? This whole conversation. He, he, he does, which is great. Yeah. Great. You know, we talked a lot about, like, uh, in Rathacon, you know, particularly like Paul Winfield and, like, his facial expressions and how he acted through using his face a lot. And, like, this is another example of someone totally acting through the use of the, you know, the, just using their face. Like, that's all McCoy has here. I mean, he has his words, but, I mean, you can see, like, fear, um, you know, anxiousness, uh, despair. You you see every, like, emotion in this, in his face. And, and it's it's almost terrifying. Yeah, I mean, he looks like he's insane. Now, do you think this was, how much of this was, you know, Nimoy's directing, right? Telling DeForest Kelly, this is what I need you to do. And versus, you know, DeForest Kelly, just this is this is how he's playing the scene. You know what I mean? I would love to I'd love to see the behind the scenes. Right. Yeah. Of of this scene being rehearsed. Yeah, that would be that would be that would be interesting. Yeah. I don't know. I I, I at first when you said that, I was like, oh, well, it's got to come from the director. Like, but then I was like, no, actors have a you know, they have a leeway in terms of how how they um how they portray a scene, and then it's sort of a collaboration. So I guess maybe a collaboration between the two. I had it backing up just a bit. I had a note the um, when Kirk lunges forward, you know, and Spock says, or McCoy says, help me. And uh, Kirk jumps forward and, and grabs McCoy. Uh, how many spins do they do? <laughs> he, lifts, he lifts him up and spins around, spins around. Uh, I think he does a full twirl, doesn't he? It does a definitely does a full twirl. I actually was looking. I'm like, is that a stunt man? The guy that he pulls out of the chair? But uh, I think it's I think it's DeForest Kelly. I don't know. You can't really see his face, but then when he comes into view, I mean, he he yanks him up there. <laughs> he de- he definitely gets he gets the the full twirl. Yeah. And Kirk saying, "What the hell are you doing? Have you lost your mind?" I know he's like now he's like totally confused because I'm sure he thought like that was. You know, I'm sure he started to believe a little bit. I'm sure I would, you know, walking into Spock's quarters, hearing Spock's voice and, you know, help me. And and then all of a sudden you can just see his brow furrow and he's like totally confused. Like, what what are you doing, man? Right. Yeah, I can't. In some ways, his Kirk's, you know, Kirk's reaction immediately shifts to McCoy. Like, what are you doing? It would be more fun. And it's a lot, you know, a lot of, well, the camera's kind of panning around them, but Kirk must be totally flummoxed at this point. Um, not know what to think. Yeah. Also, you know, when he comes in, you know, we hear, 
we hear the Spock voice. And is that for... Are we supposed to believe... So this goes back to our discussion, like whose voice is it and things like that. So are we meant to... Is this a, is, is Kirk imagining? Because as we go on with the minute, you know, we hear McCoy now talking. And he says, you know, help me, Jim, take me home. It's right. in McCoy's voice. That's not in Spock's voice anymore. So are we supposed to... Is are we supposed to be imagining with Kirk that he's hearing Spock's voice? Like, is this a, a a trick? Kind of like it's not he's not really speaking in Spock's voice. We're we're imagining that like that's not really happening. No, I think I think it's. I've always thought it's it's um it's McCoy cycling in and out. Mm. You know, it, between McCoy and Spock, and obviously for dramatic effect we get him right at these you know spooky moments <laughs> right yeah but um yeah i just think it's a and it, it, it's in this minute here it i mean it, it it starts with mccoy in spock mode you know saying help me and uh and it's gonna help oh, when we get to the end of the minute he's you know he's, he, he switches back so he's he's mccoy as he's yeah um help me jim take me home he's mccoy and at the end we get back to spock and yeah, I guess I I agree with that. I'll I'll, I'll buy that. Buy that Spock mode. Spock mode. Uh, so yeah, so you know, Kirk's like you know, Bones, we are we are we're home, and McCoy, and then it's not too late. Climb the steps, Jim. Climb the steps of Mount Celia. Yeah. Which um. I did a little bit of research, but I found that it's just a, basically like a temple, on this mountain in Vulcan. Okay. I found this uh, on uh, Memory Alpha. It was uh, in ancient Vulcan history, a story that Surak told regarding the Eidic uh, began at Mount Celia. As such, Mount Celia was represented by a triangle in the Eidic symbol, which I, I didn't know, know that. that. Cool. So I guess that triangle symbol is Mount Celia in the, in the Eidic, which I didn't, that was pretty cool. And then it goes on to say something about, uh, it said, uh, in the 4th century, Surik died on the mountain from radiation poisoning, and his katra was spirited away from the area prior to the final battle between his followers and those who marched beneath the raptor's wings. Ooh. That enemy apparently left Vulcan and became the Romulans. Oh, yes, that's right. The schism, the split, that, I yep. forget what the name of that was. I just found that to be a little bit interesting, which, again, I didn't know that that was Mount Celia in the Eidic, and that uh, you find out why, that this is the, you know, this is the location where the split, I guess the split happens at this mountain. I was just, as, I, as you were saying that, <clears throat> I, I was just, I'm panning through the, panning through the minute, and yeah, like I said, the camera's kind of, you know, panning around Kirk and McCoy, but I, it would have been a nice touch if, if when McCoy said Mount Celia that you could see it in the background, but you don't, it's kind of it's spun out of frame by the time he gets there. But that would have been a nice subtle touch. Pretty cool, though. And I guess um, way back when that the mention of Mount Celia was not, and I guess even throughout the movie that Mount Celia was not even in the original script that Harv Bennett wrote. And this was back when the movie was still called uh, Return to Genesis. Right. Oh, yeah. The the outline is, is so much different. We haven't really had a chance yet to to uh, 
kind of call out the the differences but we're actually it's there's we'll get to it right there's going to be some some kind of touch points with the outline to what's happening in the film that we can uh, definitely hit on that right uh, yeah coming up in future minutes one thing i've always been just sticking on mount Soleil, one thing i've always been in i don't know if impressed with yeah one thing i've always been impressed with is i don't know personally all the mountains on earth <laughs> yeah and in star trek and this is not even done to this movie but the series the other films uh everybody is very galactically knowledgeable and they know the names of mountains on other planets <laughs> you know the, yep. the cities on other planets and which i guess cities are probably easier i i if you named a city on earth i'd probably know but i'm always impressed by that so and <clears throat> that was one of the notes i had is like wow kirk had that at the tip of his tongue that Saleya was on vulcan but given the significance of it that you just shared i guess that makes a little more sense that right you know you you would know that well i think i think for i think for kirk i'm sure you know being friends with spock for you know however many years 20 plus years or whatever it's been i'm sure that they have discussed it sure absolutely so in in fairness too right spock knows always seems to know everything about earth history true that is Uh, that is correct maybe kirk just keeps up you know just just tries to keep up with the with the joneses as it were just stay on the same to be fair to spock yeah yeah i know all about monsalaya sure sure yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So uh, yeah. McCoy says then, and perhaps it's not too late. Climb the steps, Jim. Climb the steps of Mount Saleya. And Kurt's like, "What? Mount Saleya? Bones? Mount Saleya is on Vulcan. We're home on Earth." And then that's where the McCoy goes into Spock mode again. And remember. So the so this remember. So we see him say it. Uh, yeah. Pretty convincing. And, and I know we debated this last week with. Dave, yep. is, is who's doing the voice? Is it right. Kelly, DeForest Kelly, doing his best uh, Spock impression, or is it Leonard Nimoy dubbing over? Um, and I'm pretty, I'm, I'm convinced watching this that it's DeForest Kelly doing his best Spock impression. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I think. Yeah. Of course, we all try to do it, right? Remember, which obviously is from Wrath of Khan. What it is? It is. The other note I had in here that, um, well, after McCoy says, remember, he passes out. But my, I noticed that through most of the conversation, every time Kirk speaks, he shakes McCoy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I, I don't think I noticed that. Yeah, just about every line he delivers, he delivers it with a sh- shake of McCoy. <laughs> He's trying to shake some sense into him, so I'm like, I can't be helping in his condition. Oh, maybe, yeah. Oh, okay. I was skimming back to the minute. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I, uh, I, I do see it now. <laughs> That's pretty funny. And the other note I had is this, this minute does have some nice uh, Shatner cadence in it. Um, oh, yeah, definitely. What the hell are you doing? Have you lost your mind? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just some classic Shatner in this one. Um, and uh, this minute finishes up with Ohura coming over on the intercom. Admiral docking is completed. Starfleet commander morrow is on his way for inspection and you know that's and bones faints basically after saying remember he faints into kirk's arms and then that's when uhura makes her comment and the minute ends yeah i'm gonna save i'll save my morrow material we can do that wednesday yeah so do you think i mean obviously 
with bones completely wigging out here and just, you know, full-on Spock mode. Do you think that just takes a toll on his body? Do you think it's just like he's now just completely drained and, you know, let said what he needed to say and channeled Spock and just said, I gotta, you know, my body's done and now I'm wrecked. I guess so. I've always gotten the impression that this whole, this whole, uh, and we don't quite know what's happening to him yet. We learn that later, but right. I've always thought it was a, taking a mental toll on him, not a physical one. Right. Um, so I guess I'm a little surprised by him passing out, but yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely got to be <laughs> exhausting and, and, and draining and must be messing him up. So maybe that's just a, uh, fight or flight reaction. <laughs> Like, all right, I can't deal with this anymore. I'm just going to pass out. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, this is interesting because this is, this minute is the first, this is the first time we see McCoy go off the reservation, right? Yep. Which is great to see that, you know, they give, they've given McCoy a nice bit of, um, you know, uh, scene, you know, I don't know, I'm not wording it correctly, but they gave him some meat to the script that he can really, you know, portray, you know, use his acting, acting chops, you know, like we've seen him in, uh, you know, some of the episodes in the original series, and I remember there were a couple of ones, I think it was, um, was it the, I don't remember which episode, but he goes, he basically goes mental, and you can see it in his face, and he, um, he runs through the, the portal, and he's, is it? City on the Edge of Tomorrow? Is that that one? Yeah, City at the Edge of Tomorrow, yes. Um, but uh, I don't I, I don't feel like in the last couple of movies, you know, McCoy had as much to do as the other crew members. No, you know, he, got to be, he got to be his saucy self, you know. His... Yeah, I mean, he was, he was, and there, there were, he did have a couple of key scenes, you know, particularly with Peter Preston, and, you know, passing away in the last movie, and, you know, with the, being on regular one, with the, the, the horror scene there. So, there, I'm not saying, like, he didn't have things to do, I'm just saying, like, I feel like in this movie, and particularly in this moment, he is, like, he's giving us more. Like than just the the snarky McCoy. Like this, they really gave him like. I know it's called Search for Spock, and I feel like this is McCoy's coming out party, sort of like in terms of his character, his acting. You know, right. Leonard uh, DeForest Kelly. That's what I'm trying to get at. No, I, it's well, it's when you, I guess when you think about it, in a way, he's playing two characters. Right. And we'll have to keep let's 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 remember that for when we <laughs> oh. for upcoming. Sorry. <laughs> let's remember that for. Uh, other minutes coming up because this is this is just like like this is just the beginning right this moment here is just the beginning of uh mccoy spock mode and um i never really thought about deforest kelly's acting skills relative to all that so yeah this will be see this could be this could be another thing that's just like wow this really is a good movie hey better than i thought and i think you know watching this minute i think it definitely again that's why i say like you know i i i I maybe bring this up a little bit because watching it minute by minute, you don't necessarily, you don't notice these things and you, you watch it again. You're like, man, DeForest Kelly really nailed this. Like he did a great job. And you know, maybe I, maybe I didn't give this movie the due it, it, it deserved. And I'm, I'm excited for that. That's why I think I, yeah, I said that at the beginning of the show that I'm, I'm very excited for this, this, this movie as we're going through on minute 16. <laughs> Minute sixteen. Let's we'll see who we are. That could, ch- that could change next minute, for all I know. <laughs> what a piece of junk! 
<laughs> this movie's terrible. <laughs> okay, well, I'm out of notes uh, as of this point. How about you? As am I. As are you. All right, gang, it's Monday, and uh, again, it's minute 16. Uh, we're, we're, we're getting into the thick of the season. Um, and uh, one of the things we wanted to ask folks to do is we've set up a tip jar on our website, StarTrekMinute.com. So if you're enjoying the show and want to uh, uh, show your appreciation, why don't you drop a, a dollar or two in our digital tip jar at StarTrekMinute.com. We'd really appreciate it. Help offset some of the production costs of the show and um, uh, just really help out. So thank you in advance. And we'll be back here on Wednesday with Minute 17 of Search for Spock here at the Star Trek Minute. Bye now. Remember. Remember.